the submission uh, to the messenger is submission to the intellect and it is, we are required to follow them uh, because they are leading us in what is in the interest of society as a whole rather than our own interest um, as uh, individuals. My dear daughter Malika. Good to have you here. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm honored. Yeah, the honor is mine. So, Malika, tell me, what are we going to be talking about today? Uh, I would love to talk about um, a topic I think we can all relate to that we all have. Um, in our everyday life, uh, boundaries, but also aligning boundaries with uh, religion, your spiritual journey. So how would you, <clears throat> you know, coincide having personal boundaries um, and also submitting your will to God within your spiritual journey, your religious paths, walking with God? Okay, so that's, that's a really interesting question. Uh, an excellent one, actually. And uh, uh, basically, you're pretty much asking, you know, how can we balance between these two ideas, this idea in society that we have to worry about our own uh, welfare and prioritize our own self versus this idea in religion that we have to discard the self and, uh, you know, submit our will, give it up and our freedoms uh, for the sake of God and for the sake of prioritizing uh, our brothers and our sisters and, uh, and the faith. And I think that uh, the, the, this is something which is really emphasized um, in religion. And I think that the prophets and the messengers, they've had this struggle from the very beginning uh, until now. So um, the prophets and the messengers, uh, because they're dead and they're gone, uh, the ones that are mentioned in the Quran and the uh, Bible and the Torah, it's very easy for us as a society and as people to kind of distance ourselves from that time and see it as stories that have a good moral story behind it, you know, or good moral lessons behind it uh, without thinking uh, about, uh, about other aspects of it and how would it work today. Um, I think we, we, we have to remember that, that the word cult um, it, it means it, it's basically um, it would apply to any group of people that at the center of their belief they um, follow and submit to uh, an individual and and uh, so whether it's Moses whether it's Jesus whether it's Muhammad uh, any of these people that were living before that claimed to be messengers from God and that uh, following them required that an individual um, obey them and do as they uh, state and and sometimes do things that are ag against 
their own personal interests. Um, they would be they would definitely be classified um, as a cult leader, and their 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 religion would be classified as a cult. Actually, all religions were cults. Uh, it's just the wording uh, that changed. Every religion is a cult, and 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 uh, but the idea that we have of a cult today in society is that. Um, a cult is something like that which uh, Jim Jones formed or David Koresh or some of these people that in the very end they ended up uh, killing all of their followers and so it has this kind of like negative connotation people love the messenger that's dead they hate the messenger that is alive for that very reason that you mentioned in the in the beginning because of your question because to be a part of a religion that has a living leader one must disregard their own personal interests and their own in order to follow uh, that leader. Um, just like the condition that Jesus, peace be upon him, he placed on the rich man. He's walking around with his disciples. And uh, so he has these followers and then he has other followers that are not like a part of Jesus's entourage, right? And uh, this man, he he wants to be a part of Jesus's entourage. You know, he thinks this is amazing. Jesus is incredible. He's going around and he's performing these miracles and the words that he's saying is really incredible. So he wants to be a part of Jesus's uh, group. Um, and so he goes up to Jesus and he says, you know, Master, I want to follow you. I want to be a part of your, your religion. I want to be part of your group. And then Jesus turns around and he tells him, okay, but this is the stipulation that this is the condition for you to be accepted to be one of us. He says, what's that, Master? He says, he says to him, you know, you have to sell all of your belongings, all of them, and you have to give it to the poor before you come to me. And when he stated that to the man, the man got terrified. And he got terrified because now he was faced with this problem. Do I prioritize my own self-interest? You know, do I give up my own free will? Do I give up those possessions which are dear to me? Or do I prioritize and I choose uh, Jesus? Do I choose God? Uh, do I choose submission? And the man, uh, he found out that he was unable to do so, and he walks away, choosing rather his own self um, rather than Jesus. And then Jesus, looking at his companions, he says the famous words, which is that it is harder for a rich man to enter into the kingdoms of paradise than it is for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle. And it's impossible for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle. And therefore, Jesus is saying that it is impossible for an individual who prioritizes his own self and does not submit. It's impossible for him. It's impossible for a person who is rich to enter into the kingdoms of heaven. And uh, we have also hadiths and narrations from the Ahl Bayt that state ever so clearly um, that God would never allow an individual to go into paradise carrying the sin that Iblis had committed. And, and that is the refusal to prostrate and submit 100% to the Adam of the time. And the Ahl Bayt further clarified this and they stated that 
we are the ones whom submission was submission to was made obligatory we are the ones that whoever rejects us he is the same likeness of iblis the person who refuses to uh you know to obey and to submit uh, moses when he was with the israelites he also demanded and god burned with anger and fury every single time that the Israelites objected to the commands that was given to them uh, by Moses. So definitely uh, we have this problem. And, and the problem is, is that, you know, in society today, we are taught that, you know, uh, we have to celebrate the individual. You have to celebrate the I. You have to celebrate the self. And the focus should be on that. You know, you should focus on how you wear, uh, what you wear, uh, the, the newest brands, how you look. And you have this other image of the prophets and the messengers totally disregarding their own selves, taking, um, you know, the grass of the ground as their carpet, taking stones on the ground as their um, as their pillows uh, and uh, prioritizing uh, the other rather than their own self. Uh, today you have um, America and the campaign of Trump uh, that he had, which was like the slogan was America first, which means us first, which really means me first. And that's what's being prioritized and taught and marketed and sold uh, to the public worldwide. And you have have the opposite message, which is that if you want God, the one thing that you have to delete and defeat is the self, that the self is the greatest enemy. And that is the, the, the thing which is taught and prioritized, not just in Judaism, Christianity, and Islam, and, and, and made out to be the key of enlightenment itself. Uh, but it's also taught in Hinduism and Buddhism, uh, in the Bhagavad Gita, in the words of the prophet Buddha, and many of the other, uh, in almost every uh, religion out there, whether it was uh, the teachings of the prophet uh, Confucius or Lao Tzu or any of the other Eastern uh, prophets and messengers who were part of the uh, 124,000. And uh, we're taught that actually all ailments come from the worship and obedience of the self and because of looking at one's own self and because of the oppression that we do to others because of the looking of uh, one's own self, which we're not supposed to do. There's this idea that, um, you know, that God, if he wanted us to look at our own self, Malika, he would have created eyes in our in the palms of our hands instead so that we could walk around like this, staring at our own beauty, uh, like people do now with, with uh, iPhones and cell phones, right? Yeah. Uh, but uh, instead, God put the eyes of a human being uh, right here so that he could never see himself, but rather he's always focusing on the other and he's disregarding, um, you know, his, uh, his self or herself. There's this hadith. Yeah, it's a mystical hadith, and it's talking about in the very beginning. When God created the self. Okay, so God first, he creates uh, these two beings. He creates the perfect mind. When he, per when he creates intelligence, 
when he creates the perfect mind, he says to it, go forth, and it just obeys. Mm -hmm. And then he tells it, come forward, and it comes back and obeys. And then he creates ignorance. And he tells ignorance, go forward, and it goes forward, and he tells it, come back, and it refuses to come back. He asks intelligence, who am I? And intelligence responds, you are God, whom there is no God but you. He hears God glorifying himself, and he glorifies God. He learns. He's focused on the outward. He's not focused on his own self. Ignorance, or the self, he's asked by God, who am I? And ignorance responds in one narration and states, who am I? And so the idea here is that from the very beginning, the self or ignorance is not focused on learning from somebody else. Even if it's God Almighty, he doesn't care because he can't see him. The only thing that he can see, the only thing that's occupying his thoughts and his mind is his own greatness and his own self. And so God is asking him, who am I? He's like, yeah, 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 who am I? And Ahmed Hassan said that there's actually a version of the hadith, what, how it really went was that God asks the self, who am I? And the I responds back, I, me. So it's like the self, when he saw the glory of God, he said, this is so magnificent. It must be me because I'm great. I'm magnificent. He can't fathom that there is anything that is greater than him. And that is the uh, great downfall um, um, of the self. And, th and that is the, the root cause of all suffering and all evil um, that is taking uh, place in the world. It is literally the tool of the shaitan, whereby the shaitan makes us fall. How? Because the devil, when he wants to tempt, he doesn't tempt the soul, but rather he tempts the self. The self is that thing which uh, wants to be pleased. It wants to eat the best of foods. It wants to dress in the best of clothing. It wants to look the nicest. It wants to be praised and glorified. And so the devil can use this inherent darkness, which is in the self, to deceive people and lead them astray through seducing them and tempting them uh, with disobeying God and, uh, and uh, prioritizing um, their own selves. Is the idea clear? Yeah, perfectly clear. So we have then this question, which is, okay, well, what's, what's required then uh, from us? And, you know, and, and why is it that we must uh, obey a, a divinely appointed uh, leader? Does this divinely appointed leader uh, not have a self too? And the idea is that because of the darknesses of the self, God sends that thing which he created in the beginning, which is intelligence. He sends a, an individual who has perfected his intellect either completely or to the highest degrees possible. 
uh, out of society. And that person who has perfected himself to the highest degrees naturally would have defeated also uh, his own uh, self. And, and the self itself, by the way, is called the shaitan. It is the shaitan. Uh, Imam Ali salam, he says that the devil of the shaitan of, of every individual is his own self. The shaitan of his own, of every individual is his own self. So that is the, the, the demon that each and every one of us has to struggle with. Um, this perceived entity, this ego that is born, uh, when we are born and that, uh, grows and, and, and is an illusion and considers itself uh, to be an entity when in reality it's not really an entity it's just a, a group of ideas uh, based on the interactions that we've had and those things that society tells us about our own self and that forms our opinion on how we should be and how we should we should um, uh, we should act and so uh, the the submission uh, to the messenger uh, is a is a is submission to the uh, intellect and it is, we are required to follow them uh, because they are leading us in what is in the interest of society as a whole rather than our own interest um, as uh, individuals. In religion, there is this golden rule that is taught on the tongues of each and every one of the prophets and the messengers. Uh, in all of the religions, you can find them. And that is, do unto others as you would have done unto your own self. Okay? Yeah. And so the idea is that enlightenment, salvation, happiness, the key to it, it, it lies in prioritizing others or at least dealing with them as you uh, would uh, deal with your your own um, with your own self that that uh, a person is required to look on the outside in order to achieve happiness the prophets and the messengers they taught us that no matter one no matter how much one fulfills like his his own uh, needs he will never achieve happiness no matter uh, the richest of clothing that you wear or the best of food that you eat or no matter what it is that you achieve for yourself and we see it in society there's people that are actors and actresses there's people that are world leaders and they have uh, millions and billions of dollars and in the end they, they suicide they can't find true happiness and and the reason why is because of that because happiness lies in the happiness of the other and not in trying to achieve the happiness for your own self. Happiness um, and enlightenment lies in recognizing that there is no um, such thing as the individual self, there's only the collective self. Uh, in recognizing and remembering that all of creation uh, our brothers and sisters, rather all of creation, are oneself. And the Quran says that God had created men and women uh, from oneself. 
that in its origin, uh, they were uh, one being. And the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu he said that the Muslim nation, the Muslim nation uh, is one body. And whenever a part of it, and whenever a Muslim is suffering, that, that's a part of the body um, that uh, has an ailment uh, or is sick or is suffering, and therefore the rest of the body uh, suffers. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. So, yeah, that's the... Uh, <coughs> that is, in short... Um, the the idea that we have yeah no it's, it's uh, really eye-opening you know to understand that it's ourself um you know it's pretty much our biggest enemy and i think it's it's clear as you said you know you see it amongst celebrities yeah you see it again in slogans of politics you know you see it that's the discourse for a lot that's just going on right now in the world um with the wars and things like this you know uh they want land for themselves they want this for themselves you know um and yeah it's just very clear sad to see you know the world would be a lot better place if everybody was just looking out for each other and helping each other doing everything for each other you know and i think is said before, but yeah, that's um, that is what I wanted to. What we've been talking about what I wanted to talk about, you know. Uh, these things, they're said before, and it's like it's a little bit easier said than done, you know. Um, uh, you know, as I mentioned, there was a hadith about Prophet Muhammad, um, <clears throat> or, or st story he would uh, maybe have a neighbour or pass by a Jewish woman's house and every single day she would um, throw rubbish at him and try abuse at him. And one day, this would go on for a while, and then one day um, she didn't do it. And, you know, I think in this day and age now, we would, like, if someone stopped, well, if that was happening to you every day, you'd probably struggle to cope, you know? Um... Or, you know, you struggle in this aspect of life if you were leaving your house and this was happening. Um, or, you know, let alone keep quiet, you would probably retaliate, you know, or, or want to retaliate. But Prophet Muhammad, peace must be upon him, didn't. Uh, he actually checked on her and seeing if she was okay and then ended up, you know, finding out why she wasn't that day. Turns out she was sick and then... She actually, he, he actually took care of her um, after all that was happening to her. So I think, like, you know, how would we get there, you know, to the level of Prophet Muhammad, peace and blessings be upon him, where we are not retaliating, you know, and where we can actually cope with, you know, pretty much abuse, happening to you on a, on a daily basis and then go and look out for the person you know and go and look after them if they were to get sick um and I think you know it's a beautiful story but when you uh but yeah like I said it's, it's easier said this easier said than done you know like it's um that's why I feel like 
trying to go through your spiritual journey, um, it's uh, it's hard to get to get to that to try and you know look out for somebody who was you know being horrible to you or uh, yeah. There's this uh, story where there was this um, there was this Buddhist monk um, who was walking down the road, and uh, somebody comes up from behind him and he like slaps him on the back of his head so hard that he makes him fall to the ground and drop everything that he was carrying, and uh, he runs off. And so the Buddhist monkey stands up and he looks at uh, the student that's, that's with him. And the student's shocked, you know, he says, you know, why are you not, um, why didn't you defend yourself? Like, why didn't you run after this guy that just knocked you down? And the Buddhist monk responds that, you know, uh, that that's because that was his problem. He's the one who has a problem. He felt sorry for him. He recognized that there was something which that individual was struggling with uh, that caused him to do that, and that the issue was not really, um, you know, an issue that he had with the monk, but rather it was an issue uh, that he had with his own self. Uh, how do we do that? Is is the question that you posed? We do it in a very simple way, and that is by obeying and submitting to uh, the proofs of God that were sent to us and taking their words for real and implementing them in our lives and, and in our society. Uh, for example, the Prophet Muhammad, peace and blessings be upon him and his family, he said that any time that you see a poor person or a person that's in need, know that there is a rich person who stole his sustenance. And from this very hadith, we, we realize now that what the Prophet was actually saying was that God created all of creation. Every creature that God created has the right to be fulfilled on the planet and have his needs or her needs taken care of. And that anybody who doesn't find his sustenance or his needs, that is not because God didn't send it. It's because somebody else took more than their allotment, took more than what it is that they need. And we find now in the world today, we find people um, who have billions of dollars. We have corporations who have billions of dollars. We have governments that have trillions of dollars. And we have individuals that live in those countries that those governments are ruling over. And they're on the street and they're struggling on a day-to-day -day basis to make ends meet. You have, you have the United States of America, for example. It's passing... 
uh, all of these, uh, you know, aid bills and 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 packages um, to give trillions of dollars in support to countries that need, um, you know, money to sustain its wars. So they have endless the governments in the world, and it's not just America. It's it's all the the countries in the world. They have endless amounts of funds that they can spend on killing people and funding the killing of people and to give other countries of that they're supposed to be friends with uh, funds to kill their their own people by engaging in wars with other people and when they when they're asked about homeless people or when they're asked about uh, you know poverty in their country uh, what do they say they say we can't afford it you know, and the money is suddenly, it's not there. It's not uh, available. And the Prophet Muhammad is saying in the hadith that they're lying. Um, and, that, and that it's not the right of an individual yeah. to have more from the earth than what he needs to sustain his own self. So every human being who is created by God was meant to come here and live a comfortable life. Having a meal every time a person is hungry is a human right. Having a home to protect against the harsh environments is the human right of every individual. To be able to have a state of good mental welfare right is a right of every individual to have a family and be married is the right of every uh, individual but the reason why uh, these rights are not uh, gotten by uh, many people or the majority of people on, on on the planet is because of the disease of the self because of the selfishness of uh, certain other individuals. And so the, the main war that is taking place on the planet is a war between, between God and between the self, which prioritizes its, its own interests. Uh, God says what in, in the hadith? He says um, that the, the creation, the Prophet Muhammad says, creation, all of the creatures are the children of God. He didn't put any limitations on that. So everything, every creature, anything that's alive is the children of God. From human beings, to the jinn, uh, to the animals, to the fish in the sea, to the birds in the, in the air, to the plants and the trees. Everything that's created is a child of God. And the best of you, the prophet says, are the ones who are the most merciful and the most loving and the ones who serve creation the most. Those are the ones who are the closest to God. So then it becomes clear now uh, from this narration, many lessons that we can take. One is that, is that it's, you, you're not the closest and the best because you pray so much. Yeah. You're not the closest and the best because you, you have the utmost faith or, or or you have the Quran memorized or you or you pray tahajjud and tarawih and you pray all these extra prayers you're not the best and closest uh, in the eyes of God um, because you keep your beard long or because you dress modestly but rather because you serve other 
creatures, because you're looking on the outside, because your interest is not your own self, but rather uh, the other. And there are stories of individuals whom came to God and they had sins up to the heavens, uh, prostitutes um, who who got got into you know were able to enter into heaven into the the highest of places even though they had sinned their entire life but simply because they pass by um, you know and killers who who get into heaven simply because they passed by a starving animal you know or a thirsty animal and they put their lives at risk or they take out of their day to 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 bring water out of a well and to feed that uh, that starving uh, animal that dog or or that cat and there's been individuals who were extremely mean to animals um, and other individuals and and even though they prayed and even though they abided by the law in the very end they entered into hellfire uh, because they uh, oppressed uh, another creature and so the key uh, to saving the planet is disregarding the self and, and upholding the rights of every other human being. If every individual on the planet right now, every corporation, every company, every government wanted and made sure that other people had what they had, we would not be living on planet Earth anymore. We would be living in the Garden of Eden once again. We would literally turn the planet into a paradise. But it takes that step to go against uh, the self and to go against what's in your own self-interest because the self-interest of the individual is always against the interest of society uh, as a whole, at large, the individual that we are required to submit to, Ahmed Hassan says, is an individual who has more rights over the earth and all of its inhabitants than uh, the earth and its inhabitants do. Is and that's why we have all these hadiths where the Prophet Muhammad says, you know, do I not have more of a right over you than your own self? But why is it that the Prophet has more of a right? Why is it that Jesus says, whoever loves their mother or their father more than me is not worthy of me? Why? Because Jesus and because Muhammad, they love everybody else and they're, they're, the interest of all other beings is more important than their own self. Ahmed Hassan said that the imam would not be an imam if he if his priority was his own self and that if, if, he, if the thing that he, that he did when he inherits the earth is is uh, take the human beings as slaves or to use it for his own self-interest, but rather we're required to obey someone else because it's someone else who it's that someone else who has our best interest in mind. Just like a child, uh, society uh, makes it obligatory, right? That and 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 no matter where you go, from whatever country, uh, whatever society you live in, a child, we recognize that they don't always have their best interest in mind. They don't have the ability. They're immature. They're unable to distinguish what's going to be harmful for them on the long term. 
And so it's a requirement that this, this child, until they reach the age of 18, that they, um, that they obey uh, their parents. Their parents have rights over them. They can force them uh, to do things uh, for their own self-interest. Uh, that's why we have governments that have all of these rights over us, right? And people elect them into power because they think that uh, society needs that which will ensure that it uh, that it that it makes decisions that are in its favor because most of creatures cannot make uh, uh, their own decisions uh, and, and decisions that are right ones that serve society as a whole. And that's why these laws have to be put into place because if individuals are going to work on an individual basis, then they're going to destroy uh, entire society and, and, you know, and everything because then you'll have people that are just going around stealing and murdering and doing whatever it is that they want and taking whatever they want and not working and not contributing. And so the same idea is here is that this individual from God uh, cures society by uh, fighting against its its most severe ailment and that is the self and and uh, the only way that we can achieve peace and prosperity on the planet is when we um, you know choose to see uh, the other as more important and the other as really like the source and the key uh, to our own happiness there is no greater satisfaction that an individual can attain than knowing that you have fulfilled the needs of a human being uh, or another creature that is in need that God hid the happiness uh, of creatures in the happiness of his fellow creature and uh, and yeah, so that that in short is the um, um, is the answer to to that question. Thank you. Well, God bless you, Malika. Thank you so much for for joining me today. Oh, thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for you know everything you said. Definitely taking it on board. You know, I felt like it was um, yeah an episode on how to obtain world peace. <laughs> And uh, I think we all pray for that. So I think if we all take it on board in our day-to-day lives as I will, yeah, the world could be a much better place. Thank you. God bless you. And I look forward to uh, more episodes with you in the future. God bless you. Thank you. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum